Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to Your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Welcome back, crew. This is our third and final episode with Lewis King, the executive director of the American Marriage Ministries. This time, Lewis and I are talking about what happens and what you need to do when you get the itch and decide that after you've officiated your first wedding and you really like the feeling, how do you take it to the next level? And whatever that level might be, whether you decide it's just doing a couple of weddings a year, keeping it to friends and family, or starting your own business, much like I did, we want to make sure that everyone takes all of these things into considerations to have the best possible information and intent as they take the next step in their journey. So after we after we've had a conversation about solving all the world's problems and all the all the fun things about that. So so we talked about a first time person officiating a wedding and why everyone should try it at least once see if it's good for them and all the things you should think about for being a first timer but if you decide that it's for you and you decide that you really want to do it on a regular basis making that leap from a first time to a pro that's kind of the 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 crux of of what what i've done over the last seven years going from the first time someone asked me to do it it was a close personal friend and nowadays i'm doing about 40 weddings a year myself and i have a team of officiants now and we're doing 100 plus per year so that's so if somebody wants to do that that's the question right yeah <laughs> how to go from what kind of resources are out there and again a lot of these are going to be very general because you know filing business paperwork for the laws of your state is going to vary differently right. from state to state you know how you file your llc or if you decide that you want to be a massive mega corporation and decide to be an s corp or something um because i did meet somebody at the wedding mba conference who he has oh man his name is Mark, and I believe his company is called Great Efficients. Is it Grillo or he's Canadian? No, that okay. is a different guy. He's unboring, unboring your wedding. Yeah, okay, he's, I'm, okay. He was a lot of fun too. He was, uh, he had a great session at Wedding MBA. There's another guy named maybe he's not Mark. Uh oh, I should look him up. Um, but he is based out of um, the L.A. area, and he owns mm-hmm. a wedding chapel. And then he has a bunch of officiants. He has officiants from multiple different faith tra- traditions who work for him. So if someone wants an a ordained and licensed rabbi, they can get married in his chapel by a rabbi mm-hmm. and, and a mom and so many different things, which is so fascinating to me. And we were we had a conversation. It was, you know, kind of a not exactly a um anatomy measuring contest, but they were asking how many weddings have you done in a day? And for me the top was five, which was pretty much the limit of my abilities, and that was on eight eighteen eighteen. Yeah. Because, okay. yeah, everybody likes the date. And so they said, okay, raise your hand if you've performed more than one wedding a day. About half the officiants in the room raised their hand. Raised, you know, if you've done more than two in a day. You know, the number went down, people raised their hand. If you've done more than three, more than four. And just me and two other people were, at that point, still holding our hands up. And so they said, how many have you done? And I said, five. And the other person said, six. And this gentleman said, 12. And everyone said, are you crazy? How did you possibly do that? And then he explained, I own a chapel. Well, okay, there you go. In LA. And now here's the interesting thing. And I don't know, did you know this? 
Apparently in California, any notary can issue a marriage license. I did not know that. That is something that I learned huh. at this. And it maybe I shouldn't say in California, but at least in his county, in Los Angeles County, any notary can issue a marriage license. So they would have people come in and they have a notary on staff who would issue the marriage license right there. They'd have an officiant marry them and then go. I thought, oh my gosh, now that is vertical integration. <laughs> yeah, that really is. Well, the first thing I thought of when you when the, when this guy was boasting about twelve is mm-hmm. is if I'm not sure how familiar you are with the unit. I think what do they call it? The Unity Church. Well, Reverend Moon, mm-hmm. the Moonies, mm-hmm. who um, I think is he performed ten thousand weddings in one day. Mm-hmm. So you you can really woo, bump those numbers up if you yeah. if, if you play your cards right. Yeah, but. Oh my god. I mean it's it's look the this is this is the great thing about weddings and marriage ceremonies is they mm-hmm. really they should be whatever the couple wants it to be. And for a lot yes. of couples they want just they want to get married. Mm-hmm. They want to have a very like straightforward ceremony it takes mm-hmm. about 10 minutes, sign the paper and then, you know, get on to the 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 honeymoon or whatever, get on with their lives. Yeah. But if you're thinking, okay, so you had the first wedding, mm-hmm. it was awesome, you got this glow, you're like I want to do this again. Mhm. Another thing you were talking about that I think is important is this guy who had, you know, rabbis and he had all, all that, you know, he basically mm-hmm. had somebody on hand who could who could do a wedding. Mm-hmm. In any tradition. In any tradition. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking of, of officiating more weddings, you have to ask yourself, okay, what am I good at? Mm-hmm. What do I understand? Yeah. And what can, because now, now you're not working with your, your best friend or your college roommate. Now you're going to mm-hmm. be going to a couple who you don't know. Right. So you have to say, how can I translate what I know and what I did really well in this wedding mm-hmm. into something that I do professionally? And how can I communicate that to couples who I don't have a relationship with? Yeah. You could do it, but you need to sort of understand that you can't just go into it saying, because now we're talking about professional. Yes. And, and, and forging relationships with people you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful, but that's not necessarily for everyone. Mm-hmm. And for every person, it really depends on who they are. Yes. So if you are, for example, um, a pretty outspoken atheist, mm-hmm. you need to understand that there's a certain kind of couple that you're going to be working with. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not going to be couples that are, you know, <laughs> Super. practicing Christians or, yeah. or Muslims or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and and that's something you just need to understand. It's something also that you need to communicate well in advance. You need mm-hmm. to, if you're, if you're marketing yourself, you need to say, Hey, hi, I'm Lewis. Um, I'm agnostic. Mm-hmm. I'm open to different kinds of faiths, but honestly, like really overt expressions of, of religiosity make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And and that's something I need to be aware of. And that's something that I need to make couples aware of so that there's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, just clear communication. Absolutely. If you're, if you're kind of like an introvert and a gamer or whatever, mm-hmm. you're just probably a certain kind of a wedding ceremony you're going to do really well, mm-hmm. but you need to make sure that you, you know, you know where your strengths lie and that you're not going out there and, and trying to officiate a big, you know, you know, half million dollar wedding in front of 500 people. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, it's, it's, so it's really, it's an issue of communication mm-hmm. because if you're going to be a professional wedding officiant, you're now, now you're involved in not just officiating weddings, you're involved in marketing, you're involved mm-hmm. in running a business and you're involved oh, yeah. in, you know, now you've got clients. Mm-hmm. And so you need to understand what that entails. Yeah. And, and honestly, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody here because that's, you know, these are skills that, that are going to carry you through life and that are going to make, you know, that are, I mean, we live in a capitalist society mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in a sense, we're always exchanging our time for, for resources and so on and so forth. Yeah. So getting good at that is great. And being an efficient might be an, an awesome way for you to, to acquire that skill set. Mm-hmm. But you just need to understand what, what that entails and, and be strategic and smart about it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And and what you said earlier about knowing knowing what you're going to be comfortable with, knowing that if you're the, the introverted gamer, you're not going to do giant weddings. Know thyself is the, the first thing that you need to know. Are yeah. you, and again, especially when it comes to spirituality, that's going to be huge in weddings because there are so many couples that even if they're not devout about a particular religious tradition, they may want some aspect of spirituality communicated in the wedding. And if that's something that you are uncomfortable with or you're uncomfortable with certain religious traditions, you have to be aware of that. And so that is something that like you said, has to be very, very upfront. Um, thankfully, I'm very open to exploring different faith traditions and incorporating those. And I'm open to saying different prayers for different faith traditions and have even done different languages in ceremonies. I love it. I think it's a very fun to explore faith in that way. And my officiant team does the same. But there are some people who might be of a certain faith tradition who might be uncomfortable if they are, um, you know, if they're of an Eastern tradition, may be uncomfortable representing Western practices or vice versa or anything in between. So yeah. knowing what you're open to and then communicating that in some way effectively to couples so that you are not leading them on in any way is important. Right. One thing that I always tell couples is that I'm, I'm comfortable up to a point with any faith tradition. I'm comfortable up to a point where you would want someone who is you know, fully ordained in that tradition to do. So for a couple who wants some Christian traditions, I will not give them communion because for me, that's a bridge too far. I always joke with couples. I say, I'm not going to give you communion because I don't want to get struck by lightning. You know, and and generally speaking, (laughs) if a couple is very devout in a specific tradition, they're probably going to go to a faith body of that tradition versus going with a professional officiant. Yeah. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes couples may want a professional officiant because they're not welcome in that tradition. And I've said in the past that I have done a, and again, here's where I risk the lightning. I've done a knockoff Catholic ceremony for a pair of two gay men who wanted to get married, who were both raised Catholic, but obviously at this point in history couldn't get married in the Catholic Church. And so we did a lot of those um, traditions and a lot of those moments that are traditionally thought of in Catholic ceremonies for them, minus communion. Yeah. Well, what's I, I love that story, and I think it's awesome that you were able to do that because you know the, the pomp and circumstance, and, and especially mm-hmm. just the the, tr- the trappings and trimmings of Catholicism mm-hmm. are aesthetically really cool. Yeah, and I and I get why if somebody was rela- raised in that mm-hmm. faith, they'd want to incorporate that into their wedding ceremony. But something else you were talking about that's interesting is we sort of transitioned from talking about what we as officiants are comfortable with, mm-hmm. and then pivoted to a sensitivity towards what the couple the couple's feelings and the couple's mm-hmm. you know their aesthetics and their their values mm-hmm. because in the same way that you have to be very cognizant of, of what you can do well and comfortably you have to have that same sort of approach to the couple yes and it's something that we we can say well yeah sure i'm sensitive to to your beliefs but actually once it, in practice that can be challenging Yes. Because you have to really start from assuming anything and everything and then and then quickly getting a sense of who they are mm-hmm. and what they want. Because yeah. because it's being able to communicate that that respect for their beliefs mm-hmm. is what is going to put them in a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of a space where they open up to you. Yes. Because there has to be that relationship. And if you are sensitive to their, their beliefs and you can communicate that and you're not dropping, like, for example, you know, I, I, I realized that I was raised a devout Christian. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I have all this sort of like Christian language that's just baked into the way that I speak and I can't help it. And I say mm-hmm. this as an agnostic, but I'm still like, oh, well, you know, God bless you or, yeah. you know, God bless you. 
daughter, daughter, <laughs> Jesus. And, and I'm constantly mm-hmm. using these words, even though like I'm not a practicing Christian in any mm-hmm. sense of the word. But if I was to be working with, say, a couple that had, you know, was very sensitive to, you know, what they'd experienced as Christians and they wanted mm-hmm. to be have nothing to do with that and I was to be using this sort of language, it would be a problem. Yeah. So as a professional efficient, you need to be able you need to really like reconsider how you talk about things. Yes. And how you speak. And, and, and how you present yourself to the couple mm-hmm. so that they are comfortable with you and so that they, they open up to you mm-hmm. and that you can have the sort of dialogue that you're going to need to really, like, capture the essence of who they are. Yes, absolutely. And not only in the faith tradition, but also when it comes to gendered language as well. Because in the American society that we live in right now at this point in history, there's a lot of things that are very gendered, you know. In the past, wedding magazines and shows have been called bridal shows and, you know, bridal magazines and things like that. Well, you know what? I do quite a few weddings that don't have brides. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of wedding pros who have had forms that have said bride and groom. And that doesn't always apply. Sometimes there are no brides. Sometimes there are no grooms. Yeah. You know? And... And especially even going further than that, when we work with non-binary or trans couples, they're not comfortable with those terms at all Mm -hmm. because they, you know, pardon the pun, engender such strong uh, associations for them or such strong societal roles. And so if you're going to be a professional wedding officiant, and I would, I'm going to plant a flag here and say that if you are going to be a professional, then you should be willing to serve all couples. And if you're willing to serve all couples then you need to be very aware that your language matters when it comes to things like gender expression. And so we don't, we always ask what couples prefer to be called during the ceremony. What Mm -hmm. are their pronouns? And here's a hint that I picked up fairly recently. It's no longer preferred pronouns. It's just pronouns. What are your pronouns? Because preferred indicates that they'll accept other things or that it's something that they have control over. So we always ask that, what are your pronouns? What do you prefer to be called? And not just, you know, do you prefer to be called, you know, you know, Kenneth or Kenny or Ken Ken, but do you want to be called a groom? Do you want to be called a husband? Do you want to be pronounced as, I pronounce you married, I pronounce you joined together, I pronounce you husband and husband? What do you want to be pronounced, husband and wife? Any of those things. And working with couples to really find out what they're comfortable with and being aware of your language in that way. Right. And 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 I can guarantee, so you gotta, you got to approach this from a place of humility and realize that we're evolving as a society. Mm-hmm. I slip up in this area. I wish I didn't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on, on, you know, really getting a grasp on this because I care about this. And I think it's an important, you know, it's, a, it's important to respect people. Mm-hmm. And nobody's and, perfect. Yeah. And if you go into uh, a, a consultation with a couple and start throwing around the wrong terminology, mm-hmm. I guarantee it's not going to go well. Yeah. And I guarantee if for whatever reason you end up deciding to work together, the the ceremony that you come up with as, as, a, as a result will not be as good as it could have been if you'd have approached it more respectfully. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 And there was a, in speaking about getting to know your couple, so getting to know their their spiritual commitment, their what spirituality they want or do not want, getting to know their their terms that they used to describe themselves is so, so, so vital. And it's all around really getting to know them as people, getting to know them as individuals and as a couple. And that was something that, um, who you had referenced, um, he's Canadian. The, Mark Grollo. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm butchering his last name, I'm sure. In the intro, I'm sure that I will have given the side of the sources, but he has a great YouTube channel, and I believe it's called Unboring Your Wedding. Mm-hmm. And in his YouTube channel, he talks about that, and he has some great 
some great walkthroughs on how to become a professional officiant. So you can definitely check him out on YouTube. He does a great job. Uh, but he spoke at the Wedding MBA, and I enjoyed his panel. Um, it wasn't geared towards me because what I found was that he was describing his best practices for officiants, and I looked at that like, well, I'm already doing all these things. So not to you know, completely pat myself on the back, but getting to know your couple to be able to tell their story, to get to know this is as a professional officiant, you won't have that background with them. So you have to learn all those things. You should not have a cookie cutter ceremony for every couple. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm again, plant a flag in the ground. Yeah. And, and, and building on that, when you, if you're doing this professionally, mm-hmm. this is your job. Mm-hmm. And your job is to ensure that the couple is able to communicate their values, their worldview, their beliefs, and the life they're building together. And it's all, you, you see how I'm using there, 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 there all over. Mm-hmm. Don't bring your baggage into the wedding. Mm-hmm. If you've got baggage, you should probably, you know, unpack that somewhere else yeah. and make sure that you're... <laughs> With a different professional. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that, that, there's, you know, this is, uh, this is 2019. There's, you know, therapy is, is, is a great mm-hmm. tool for, for all of us. Yeah, there's online therapists now. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really what matters because, and also remember, you know, you're coming in as a, as a consultant, you're, mm-hmm. you're, so you're in, you're operating in a couple of different capacities here yeah. and part of it is a consultant. And then it sort of transitions from the consulting to the, the to a partnership mm-hmm. where you're, you know, you're up there and you're very much a part of the ceremony. Yes. And there needs to be this sense of, of you know, trust and respect. And it's, it's not hard to create that. Mm-hmm as long as you have an open and respectful mind. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's something that we tell all of our couples that we don't bring any dogma into the into the um, relationship, into the wedding planning process, other than you both have to say yes. You know, that's pretty much cut and dry, yeah. you know, nationwide that, you know, someone, you both have to say yes for the wedding to be official. And then apart from that, you get to plan around that and around them and around their wants and needs, not around what the officiant wants. So part of that is taking the servant mentality in that you are there to serve them, to serve their relationship, to serve their celebration, and to not say, well, I really want to do a candle, so I think you should do a candle. It's not about that. I wonder what sort of situations do you think that, and I realize I'm turning the tables here, but you've got a lot of (laughs) of like real world experience, but I want to know this and I want to, I think this is something that's important for for the viewers to hear is what kind of circumstances do you could you encounter where this this could be challenging? Oh my know? gosh! Um, just the the job challenging in general. Yeah, and there's there's a lot um, that that goes on that happens that I found challenging. Many times it comes into family dynamic of how the wedding ceremony should be run, which can be from the parents of the couple. Mm-hmm. They can have very distinct ideas of what they want to have happen, either because, well, we did it this way, so you should do it this way, or I always wanted this and I didn't get to have it, so you're going to have it. And so we we fight against those a lot. We have some, I shouldn't say fight. I say we counsel the couple and we consult and we help them to work through and say, okay, well, you know, mom, thank you so much for, for this input. We appreciate that. You know, what's important that you get your way or that they, it's a unique expression of their love. And there might be a compromise, you know, frankly, Mm -hmm. especially if the parent is paying a significant portion of the ceremony, then there are compromises that need to be made. And it's really about what the, the couple and whoever is their, whoever's their, their supporters are, trying to evoke in the ceremony what is it is it about the does it have to be you know peony flowers or can it be something else you know must it be you know um robin's egg blue yeah yeah bow ties or can it be something else could be cerulean i don't know i I like colors 
and so a lot of it is working through that and a lot of times what I where I've been challenged is in challenging tradition and what I always tell my couples first and foremost is that if you have a strong connection to that tradition then that's great but if you're just doing it because you've heard that weddings are supposed to be like this I always say tradition only has as much use as you give it I, I saw the best thing online recently. Traditions are peer pressure from dead people. And I thought that was like... <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I am stealing that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was like the best breakdown of that I've ever heard. Because I said, when I have, you know, a couple who's up there, and if it's a, if it's an, uh, a different gendered couple, and they'll say, okay, which is the bride side and which is the groom side? And I'll say, doesn't matter. It's up to you. You yep. know, by, you know, by tradition, you know, one might stand on this side, one might stand on that side. And when parents, when a lot of couple, more couples are doing the, the mixing of seating where it's not bride side, it's not groom side, it's not this side, that side. Um, you see, I'm sure you've seen the sign, you know, choose a seat, not a side. I love that one. That's yep, one of my yep. favorite signs to see. And the parents go, oh, well, we're supposed to sit on this side and you're supposed to sit on that side. And I, and something I've been saying to my parents lately, well, my couple's parents, not my parents, is... If you sit on the same side as your child, and if it's a smaller venue, you're going to see like the rear quarter of their head. Wouldn't you rather sit on the opposite side so you can see their face during their wedding ceremony? And the parents, I almost without fail, have said, oh my gosh, yeah, I would, we'd love to see their face during the ceremony. We don't have to sit on the same side behind them. No, you don't have to do that. And and building on that, wouldn't you prefer to see your, your child's, you know, authentic self reflected in that ceremony do you Mm -hmm. you don't need you know it's it's all about saying well look okay where do you where do you want to apply the tradition and where Mm -hmm. do you want to really just create something authentic yes and and there's so many opportunities in the wedding celebration Mm -hmm. for tradition yes and i mean it's 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 one tradition after the next and i'm and and that's fine Mm mm-hmm and that, but that's why it's important that we really like take a step back when we're looking at the wedding ceremony and say this mm-hmm. is something different. This is the only thing here that's going to be really unique because guess what? Everything else out there has been done. No matter how kitschy mm-hmm. and interesting you think it is, <laughs> you know that the, the weird little tied bow around everybody's mason mm-hmm. glass jar or whatever, <laughs> um, it's cool and, and and more power to you. Right. But your wedding ceremony is going to be something that's never been done before because mm-hmm. you're going to speak. You know, there's it's going to be a combination of words that is truly unique. And yeah. you should embrace that and say, this is the, pl-. I mean, sure, there are great ceremonies that are you know, and traditions that can be incorporated into the wedding ceremony, mm-hmm. but they need to be, they need to come from a place of authenticity. Right. And, you know, that's a huge part of what we try and communicate to our ministers at American Marriage Ministries mm-hmm. when they get ordained saying, look, okay, from the get go, here's a bare bones wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. This is not a wedding ceremony though. Right. You need to build out something with the couple that that's, you know, mm-hmm. going to be memorable and that really reflects them. Yeah. And and if you don't take that approach and, and, and I guess, you know, as a wedding as a as an officiant, you may your job may also be to communicate that to the parents. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're particularly traditional themselves. Yes. And again, you're a consultant and you're a partner mm-hmm. and you're an advocate for the couple. Yes. So <laughs> that might be part of your job, you know, and that's it that is. is it is what mm-hmm. it is. It is. And that and that can be the challenge is navigating some of the family dynamics where that comes up. That's probably the most challenging thing. I have personally never had, people always ask you like, oh, have you had a bridezilla or a groomzilla? Like, no, I've actually never had a member of the couple who's been difficult to work with. I've had a couple of parents who've been very set in something, this or that happening that the couple didn't want. And I've had to take a stand and be an advocate for the couple. Mm-hmm. And that is part and parcel with being a professional is that they are your, your ward, your charge. You are 
there to be their advocate. And and again, like we've said, you are there to be the captain of the ship in the emotionally stormy seas, that highly emotionally charged event. You are captaining the ship. And mm-hmm. so that's something to consider as you're considering going from first timer to pro is, are you comfortable or can you develop the comfort to do that? Can you develop those those words? And and like you said, you provide the bare bones ceremony, the, the, the drive-through elopement as it will. Yeah, yeah. And... And to be able to to take it from there and go. Yeah, you know, it's something else I I'd love to talk with with you about because I think you probably have a lot of insight on this as well. Is that we're talking about people who are going professional, mm-hmm. and something else to consider is that you're now bringing, you know, you're you're creating a financial transaction, but you're yes. it's also a very like interpersonal relationship mm-hmm. and differentiating between the two. I guess you should mm-hmm. say in that as you go professional. There's obviously there's a huge interpersonal capacity as well, but I think that's especially the case with a wedding officiant because yes, mm-hmm. you're a paid expert, but you're also it's it's almost like a, a mentorship or or you know there's there's so much more to the relationship. So yeah. if you do decide to go professional, to not lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing because yes, and honestly, this isn't something that people that I talk to really struggle with because I've never met somebody who officiates it even in a professional capacity who doesn't do it because they love what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously, you know, fi- a financial incentive, mm-hmm. but as you go professional to not lose sight of, of, of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Absolutely. And I, I'm wondering sort of how do you, do you, how do you remind yourself or how do you sort of keep that, that sort of that passion mm-hmm. so, you know, central to what you do mm-hmm. in addition to running a business? Cause yeah. I struggle with this at, 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 at AMM, but in the, you know, part of my job is, is, you know, how do we maintain the soul of this organization? And mm-hmm. then another, and then 30 seconds later, I've got her accountant on the line yeah, <laughs> you know, saying, <laughs> just yelling, no, 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 no right. at me. And, and, <laughs> and so, I mean, I look, I'm human. I, this is, mm-hmm. this is something that I wrestle with all the time. And I'm wondering how do you approach that? That's really challenging. Um, you know, and again, we live in America 2019, we live in a capitalistic society where you have to make money to live and you know, everything is a transaction. And so it is really challenging sometimes personally, and this might be different for me, but I feel like it probably won't be. I'm a hopeless romantic. So for me, I, you know, when my wife and I first got together, I was writing her poetry and songs and things like that. And we have a three-year-old now, so it doesn't happen so much anymore <laughs> because if there's ever free time, we just sleep and we, we understand that. But for me, it's the, the anytime I'm standing up there between a couple and even in front of three, four, 500 people, the three of us standing up there in that, in that triangle up front is such an intimate moment intimate experience and and i realize that i have the responsibility of of creating that that moment for them where they can say these pledges to each other these these vows of of fidelity or of companionship or of commitment to each other and that moment is the crux around everything in the wedding industry that revolves around that moment where they say yes or i do or i will or you know see you know whatever they say it's all about that moment and that moment and thankfully i've not had anyone say i don't in 200 and some weddings which everybody always asks but um but that moment for me there's nothing as magical in the world as that particular moment so every time we hit that moment i get refreshed and revitalized and renewed because i am the hopeless romantic and 
you know, and I, you know, I hate the business side of it sometimes, you know, sometimes if a couple really wants to work with us, but they can't afford our fees, it stinks to have that, that moment. But at the same token, I know that I need to pay my mortgage and I need to feed my child and pay my car insurance and pay my liability insurance because I'm a professional and blah, 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 blah. And so part of it is realizing, well, if I'm going to take, you know, I try to meet with couples at least five times before the wedding for at least an hour. And we have time where we do emails and coaching and all of that. And then the wedding itself and the travel time, all of that is time away from my family, you know, away from my life and away from what I'm doing. And so it's recognizing, it's giving myself that personal value. Like Mm -hmm. I know that my time is, is worth this much money, my experience, my expertise, the guidance that I can provide for them and the mentoring and the coaching. And so it's, it is recognizing that I'm coming to it as a servant of them, but that even in that capacity, I still have value. Right. And the, the beauty of this situation is, well, it must, it's obviously unfortunate that you can't work with every couple. Mm-hmm. There's, again, this is why online ordination is so crucial is that we make sure that regardless of your economic background, mm-hmm. you're still going to be able to find an officiant who's going to give you, who's going to be able to deliver a wedding ceremony that reflects your values and beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the case of my cousin who I'm talking about, I mean, she could, she's a dentist, so she's obviously mm-hmm. not struggling, but right. um, it's not going to cost her a penny. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really about saying, choosing somebody that you want, that can give you what you want, who can deliver a wedding ceremony that's going to be exactly what you want mm-hmm. and saying, I want you to do it go online, go to the amm.org and get ordained. And and here I am plugging the AMM again. But that's what it comes <laughs> yeah. down to is it's just saying, look, mm-hmm. you want to give couples as many options as possible. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not about, you know, having a certain person do it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, officiate the wedding ceremony. It's about the ceremony itself. Yes. And if, if, if you don't work out for a couple, mm-hmm. somebody should. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And even even in that case, we've we've negotiated with some couples where we have different we have different tiers of ceremonies where we have like a classic ceremony that's one cost, mm-hmm. and that is where a couple gets you know again interviewed and a ceremony is customized to them, and it sometimes takes previous pre written pieces that are of certain traditions or certain things like that. Or like I said, we were talking earlier about uh, I have you know twenty unity ceremonies ready to drop at the drop of a hat and that will be at one price level and that will be you know a 30 minute ceremony that people love and is wonderful and is the message that's inside of it is customized to them and it's about them but it's not all of it is completely from scratch you know there are parts of it where you know the the welcome you know we've gathered here today how many in 217 times how many have i times have I said, you know, welcome everyone, please take your seats. We've gathered here today to celebrate the love and commitment. You know, there there are certain things weddings are about. And then there are, we have a lower tier, which we call the super simple ceremony, where we don't include unity features. We don't include readings. We don't include a real big message about those things. And it's pretty much an elopement Mm -hmm. and could be considered an elopement. It's less than 10 minutes long. And some couples want that. Some couples yeah. don't want a big dramatic deal made about them. I had one couple that told me once, and maybe I should have considered if they were a good fit or not. They told me that they considered the ceremony a speed bump on the way to the reception. So that was nice. I felt very <laughs> valued there. That was... <laughs> oh, man. Um, I bet that open bar got to... Oh, man. Oh. Got to run for it. Mm-hmm. But then there are times where... But then we also have uh, a premium tier, a premier ceremony, where that is more expensive, but that is so much more in-depth. It is 
from start to finish completely from scratch. And couples have done things like I had, I actually spoke French for about 60% of one ceremony because the groom was from France. So I took the time to take some classes on French and did that. Okay. And that wow. was costly. Um, there was a Game of Thrones wedding that I did where I spoke Dothraki for a portion of it, which, you know, there's no... <laughs> I hope that one's on YouTube. There's no Rosetta Stone on Dothraki, so that yeah. was me spending 20 hours watching Game of Thrones and taking notes. And so those are, you know, if couples want something really specific and really unique and really you know, out there and off the wall, there's a higher tier. So you can even cater to those couples who Maybe on, you know, again, a lower end of the financial spectrum, yeah. but it will be something that is not quite as bonkers, crazy off the wall as the, the, I was showing you pictures earlier of the couple who had Pokemon, D&D, Magic the Gathering theme. That was completely custom written from them. It had references to different things throughout. And that was a lot of time researching and spent developing this custom unique Unity feature that we planned for them. Yeah. And so, again, that's going to be different than the couple who wants a short and simple to the point. They don't want to write their own vows. They want to say the traditional vows, the classic vows, and you know they want it to be less than ten minutes long. Okay. We had a yeah, we had a minister that did a, a zombie themed wedding. Awesome. That was I, I saw the pictures and I, I was just like, goodness, the, the I mean this this is a massive investment. Mm-hmm. I mean it was it was incredible. Yeah. It was okay, I think it was Walking Dead themed actually. Nice. And they really I mean the the ceremony was in full zombie getup. Everybody, the guests, everybody was in, it was wild, but I just, mm. I, I, I mean, the, the officiant obviously was, was really on board with the whole thing. Yeah. And, and they ended up managing to work the walking dead into, you know, a legally binding <laughs> wedding ceremony, which is awesome. But, and you know, another thing we were talking about is, is. You can, so before we move yeah. on, you can roll anything into it. I wrote a full Star Wars wedding for yeah. a couple. I've never done a w- wedding in costume. Even though all of my big theme weddings have been in formal attire, but I wrote, pat myself on the back, a really amazing homily, if you will, about how the force is love. So I'll, I'll email that to you later. It's okay. Pretty good. So if anybody comes to you for a Star Wars wedding, you can have that ready to go. I, I should I should get a so Natasha who is our community outreach mm-hmm. person is is obsessed with Star Wars uh, and I, uh, I, I you should send it to her as well because okay. she's now engaged and there's a wedding coming up so it wouldn't shock me if some of that found its way into her <laughs> ceremony <laughs> yeah so so is you know and that's the key is 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 opening yourself up to you know the information that's out there mm-hmm. so if you want to do a so if you're a first-time wedding officiant if you're a professional it doesn't matter if you're if the couple wants to do something that's that nuanced and that unique mm-hmm. you're going to need to reach out to people that know what they're doing so mm-hmm. if professional first time doesn't matter if i was so let's say myself if somebody asked me to do a star wars themed wedding mm-hmm. i'm gonna admit i've never actually watched the videos they're the movies so i would the first thing i'd do is is call you up and i'd be yeah. like hey uh. <laughs> so right there you know it's mm-hmm. it's that as a professional efficient you're you're a consultant and you you should also be a consultant to other efficients and Absolutely. you're you're already doing this and and i think that's something that more first-time efficients should be aware of is that there are people who really know what they're doing who are mm-hmm. good at this and c- who can for you know probably a pretty decent fee help them create something awesome because Absolutely. we all we all need help and mm-hmm. nobody can do this on their own and even professionals sometimes need to reach out to other professionals for assistance and and just sort of having that 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 humility and, and realization that it's there's always somebody out there who knows more about this than me Absolutely. And there's you know there's nothing wrong with with reaching out to experts. Mhm. And there's something good about it. Yeah. I mean and I'm still going to do that when I officiate because I mean I've done a bunch of weddings but I'm not a professional. 
mm-hmm. in the sense that it's certainly not in the sense that you are and that you i mean you're just good you, I mean, you're, you're a rock star <laughs> and we've there's somebody Thank um you. there's there's some ministers that we talked to uh bonnie sanchez she's in florida I, I was down there i was chatting with her she's done 600 wow and she's one i mean and she's good and and mm-hmm. you talk to her and you're like well i kind of want her to do my wedding mm-hmm. and you know she's getting flown all over the world to do weddings and she's mm-hmm. done like she's done a wedding in, in a stadium oh my gosh in front of a, a full like you know thousands of people and so just you know and then for her it's it's that she makes herself available mm-hmm. to she uses social media primarily to do this to first-time officiants to officiants who have less weddings under their belt than than she does and and just to know there's always going to be somebody out there who's an expert and who's better than me, even if you're really good, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know anything about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I'm always going to, I, I need, I want to talk to somebody who's done a Star Wars themed wedding. Yeah. I want to talk to somebody who's done a Harry Potter wedding or whatever it is, because, you know, there again, I'm just like, I don't know what happened. I didn't end up watching any of these movies. It's like, it just missed you yeah, culturally. It's like, I read the first yeah. couple of books and then mm-hmm. kind of lost interest. And then by the time the videos came out, I was like, yeah, the CGI just makes me dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I have a uh, next year, next December, 12, 12 of 2020, I have a Christmas at Hogwarts themed oh. wedding, which is going to be a blast. That sounds so fun. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. <clears throat> so yeah, when you, when you go from that, from that first timer, from that amateur to uh, yeah, amateurs, even there's so much negative connotation around it, but just, you are your first time you do anything. You're an amateur. Yeah. Have the, have the humility to yeah. say, look, it's my first time. I'm an Absolutely. amateur. Yeah, it my, doesn't mean you can't be good. Right. Yeah, my first time, my first time doing a wedding, I worked with a couple exhaustively. They actually wrote most of the script because they wanted me to say very specific things. They wanted some real fun, cool, old school, archaic vows, which was really fun. Uh, to thee, I plight my troth, like like real OG old yeah, English stuff. Don't even know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um, but they they wanted me to read all that, and so not only was I very familiar with it because I familiarized myself, but I honest to God just read from the page for most of the the ceremony just because I didn't want to screw it up. Yeah. By this point in my in my time, I get comfortable with it, familiar with it before the wedding, and then I have it in my tablet in front of me, so if I need to check in, I check in, but, you know, because I never want to be that guy who goes, oh, in the middle of a wedding. Oh, yeah. But... Do not want to be that guy. But no, but going from, going from first-timer to pro is is so rewarding it's so awesome and the ability to reach out and serve so many people and create such a meaningful experience for them on one of the most powerful days of their life is is awesome i you know and if you're in the northwest ohio area and you don't want to take the time to get you know a a vendor's license and liability insurance i will hire you because i'm looking to grow my team so if you don't want to worry about spending the money on marketing and all those things and and uh you know, you can do that as well, but it's, it is so worth it. It's so much fun. <laughs> I know there's, I know I should say something now, but, but you pretty much encapsulated the entirety of this conversation really well. So thank you. I, I concur. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash your I do crew or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. 
And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get married. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.